Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tuesday morning, Mark Bickley, welcome to the podcast. It is great to look at you via the camera. We're using a program which is called Jiu-Jitsu or something. So it's uh, <laughs> good to see you in Studio Jitster. Lumo. Jitster. Um, yeah, it was an interesting show today, let's be honest. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it is what it is. I'm sort of displaced, so we, and we're at the SEN Studios in Melbourne, and there's about 100 shows on over here at the minute. So Trade Radio, we've got Trade Breakfast, we've got Trade Morning Tea, Trade Lunch, and then Late Trade. <laughs> the Early it's Trade, the Late Trade, the, I'm a bit late for the Early Trade. There's a lot <laughs> of stuff. Trade. But what, what a lot of people of don't understand is that um, you have had a special guest in Studio Lumo today by the name of Ollie, who's a producer of one of the other shows. And you've been very well behaved, but Ollie's just been going on about his business and eating his Wheat Bix branded cereal for the day and making heaps of noises. And then another old mate walked into the studio, had a chat about his weekend. And you can't say anything because they're in the studio right now. So I can say That's anything, it. but you can't say anything. That's it. Fortunately, yeah, exactly right. The, the, I've got the headphones on. So, so what if I told you to say something out loud? Would you do it? No. Okay. Um, the grand final... Before we get into today's podcast, because we yeah. can't we can't have fun because you're Ollie's just sitting there behind you, talking to people and oh, you should see what website he's looking at at the moment. Just having a look over his shoulder, can't look at that on the work computer. Um, was there a point of the grand final where you you thought, "Geez, I'd like this team to win"? For me, that was when Charlie Cameron kicked that goal at the end, and I thought Brisbane are going to win this here. But mm. then Jordan Degoe mm. just shut him up pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I was barracking for Brisbane for most of the day because of Charlie Cameron. I just thought I was just hoping that he was going to be able to light it up, and he did. Like he kicked three goals, and that last goal was just phenomenal. If you watch back on replay, he got rid of Braden Maynard, just pushed him off his feet, yeah. and then was able to keep his feet as uh, Isaac Quainor was was chasing him, and then he picked the ball up and snapped it on his left and just got it through. And that put him in front with about, how long to go? It was only three or four, maybe five yeah, minutes minutes. It was five minutes to go. And at that yeah. point then I thought, okay, because I, I feel around that last quarter, Oscar McInerney had a really good last quarter. So I thought he's actually going to get the ball to those mids mm-hmm. there and Brisbane might get away with this. Yeah, I, I was thinking they might get one or two chances at it. You just, you know, like five minutes is a fair bit of time. Uh, but there's just a couple of fundamental Errors wasn't, or not errors. The first one was a bit of brilliance. You know, Collingwood got it out of the middle. Josh Dunkley, unfortunately, slipped over. That sort of yeah. freed Dugowie up. And then Dacos did a great handball and just was able to sort of in midair, took the ball and got it to Dugowie and he kicked a brilliant goal. Interesting though, like hardly celebrated. He was just really cool in that regard. And then they got the ball to um, still side bottom in the next play. I think it went out, out to the wing and, and Jared Berry, who would look back upon that sort of moment where he tackled um, uh, still side that was bottom. So, yeah. But do you yeah, hold on up. to those moments, you reckon? Do you think that will haunt him for a while? Oh, he'll certainly look at it and say, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? And and in his head, he's probably, you know, he's running there, the ball's in the air. He's, you know, 
stretching every muscle fiber to try and get there to try and spoil it. And then he probably thinks he's committed already. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when if you watch it dispassionately, he wasn't involved in the marking contest and he took him to the ground. It was a 50-minute penalty for sure. I think but a lot of people have those moments, though. Like, Charlie Cameron would probably want that Jeremy Howe moment again. Joe Danaher would have liked to kick the goal that he missed. So all of those players would look back on mm. one thing they potentially could have done better. Mm. Just that, that one with uh, Charlie Cameron and, and Jeremy Howe. He broke three of Jeremy Howe's ribs in that. The force yeah, of did. Charlie, he's so explosive and um, and so strong. And you could just see Jeremy Howe wincing in pain. So imagine that, that last, whatever he played, the last three or four minutes of the game where, you know, he's playing with three busted ribs. Imagine what that must feel like. And then all the celebrations afterwards, people coming up and hugging you and jumping on you. If anyone's yeah. had broken ribs before. They did That's earn not, that, hey, because they had the injury, pleasant. the concussion in the first quarter, mm. um, and then how towards the end. And then there were other moments throughout the game where, do you know the only thing that I was a bit surprised with? I was surprised that Mason Cox got fined for the Gardner. Was it Gardner that he uh, collected in the head that almost ducked into Mason Cox? Mm, mm. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little bit. It was um, bizarre because you, you could tell that he ducked down, but I think Mason Cox got a two thousand dollar fine for that. Yeah, but what else could yeah, he have sure. done? Because it looked like he was he was trying to actually take the take the hit. Mm, yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't even sure that was a free kick. To be quite honest, mm. like you said, there, there wasn't a lot he could have done at that stage. It was interesting as well because. Um, Brisbane won the clearances quite convincingly. They won by seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, and they also, but but the inside 50s were very, and the scoring shots were very one-sided towards Collingwood. What did Collingwood end up kicking 18 behinds? Yep. And and I sort of thought, oh, wow, you know, they nearly kicked themselves out of it. But when you looked at the, the breakdown, they had five behinds were rushed. One was touched on the line and sort of tipped over. So that's, you know, six that you, the, that was on line for a goal. So there's six of the 18. Then they hit the post twice. Yeah. So, and then Brisbane, I think, kicked, what did Brisbane kick? They end up kicking something like uh, 13, uh, I don't know. I'm finding 13, out for you. Just pad. 13, 10 or something. So in the end, it was. 13, 8. 12, 18 to 13, 8. Yeah. So, so of the 18, there was. You know, nine of them were either rushed or hit the post. So, which which you'd have to say is, you know, it's not really bad kicking, is it? It's just off the mark where they where they should have been. They didn't miss a whole lot of um, easy set shots, is what I'm trying to say. We should probably wrap it up because Ollie's made his way back into the studio and is going to start saying, "G'day, thanks, thanks for calling. We'll chuck you through to the guys in a moment. All right, just there he is. You can just wait. Just listen to him. Hold on. Awesome. Also to talk to you. No, because we are recording at the moment, Ollie. Legend, I'll, uh, I'll put it through, mate. Okay, just put it through, mate. All right, enjoy the podcast. Okay. <laughs> the local tyre power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! At three minutes past six, I think... Now, I, I think, Mark Bickley, we are on air right now. I say good morning to you out of studio, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Let's be honest, there's a fair few things that are skew with at the moment because it's been a long weekend. It's um, daylight savings, which I forgot, and I woke up <laughs> and had a horrific weekend because of that. But I feel like I'm here. Are you here? Yes. Good morning, Jared. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually still in Melbourne. I'm over here. 
for the grand final and had a look over around and enjoyed that and just decided to stay a couple of days. So I'll be back very shortly. Well, it's wonderful to look at you via a screen. I miss you lots. We are here thanks to Tyre Power. Their great race sale is now on. There's a lot to talk about. I think before we get into the, the footy stuff, and we, we'd love to know how you spent your long weekend, you can send us a text 0427 We've got a prize to give away in a moment as well for the first caller through, as we yeah, always do. Mm-hmm. Um Adelaide this morning, we are waking up to, it's basically, it's a disaster area. <laughs> really? Now, I, I must say, I did catch up with your social media mm. and uh, saw a picture of your lemon tree, which unfortunately bit the dust after a, a gust of wind, I, I yeah. take it. So last night, uh, I've, I've gone to bed after a really warm Adelaide weekend. Yesterday, I think it was just a, a early 30s, and I thought, this is fantastic. I sat out the front of my house, which um, has just been landscaped as I've been talking you through this whole process, and yeah. go to bed, gets to about 9.45, and my wife and I hear these noises, and we think, what's going on out the front? And we've had a look at the, the front of our house, and this the wind was ridiculous, insane. There was a burst of... I reckon five to ten minutes of some of the most extreme winds that I've ever seen. And you know that I'm quite familiar with extreme winds. So um, <laughs> to see that, it was quite alarming. And then just off the cuff, my wife said to me, oh, hope the lemon tree's still there. Looked out the front. Oh, no. Lemon tree not only gone, as in uprooted, but leaning across our vehicles. So mm. I had to get the chainsaw out and chop the lemon tree up. So I could get the car out this morning. And just when you thought our neighbours hated us already because of our barking dog, now I'm the chainsaw guy at 10 o'clock at night on a Monday after a long weekend. Well, can, I just, can I just reverse a little bit? Please. What are you doing owning a chainsaw? Mate, it's not a really strong one. It's just a, almost a remote control one because I just <laughs> I like to sometimes feel masculine. You're and, a chainsaw. What, yeah. what, what do you use that for? Apart from when a freak gust of wind blows a tree over, which happens, what, once every decade? Yeah. What, what would you use your chainsaw for? Nothing else. It's battery It's battery powered. Cutting your finger off yeah. at some stage? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's uh, battery powered. So, um, yeah. Oh, good. We are on air. We got a text saying, T- press the button. You guys are on air, which is fantastic. It's a really good <laughs> stuff. So it's well it's a good stuff. Um, uh, huge thanks to More Team Care for Family Cars at Port Adelaide. Actually, driving past them this morning to get here. So I've, I've left my house in Semaphore and mm-hmm. it's a disaster zone. There are trees all over Port Road. So just be careful on your way. And there's traffic lights down. Um, it's chaos in Adelaide this morning that people will be waking up to because there were thunderstorms throughout the whole night. Thunder, lightning. And I thought... Why do these things just normally happen at nighttime, Mark Bickley? You're pretty intelligent with this stuff. The majority of thunderstorms happen at night. Why? Well, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm just make and it up. I, and I don't know if your stat is correct when you say the majority of thunderstorms happen at night. I'm not sure they do. What, what, what factual basis do you have for that? Well, uh, I'm just going by my experience, and it, I've, I've researched. It says thunderstorms that form at night occur in the absence of heating at the ground by the sun. Consequently, the storms that form at night are usually elevated, meaning they form a loft um, above the cooler air near the ground rather than near the ground, which can only get warmer. So basically, that doesn't help anything. But I just think no, they're no. always early in the morning or late at night. It's rare well, that we have them during the day. And maybe we notice them more, particularly the the when the lightning is around at night because you can see the lightning, it's much it's more difficult. It's a bit like the KISS concert with the pyrotechnics. Um, it, it, that was as useful as an Astro on a motorbike uh, setting off fireworks in the middle of the day. Yeah.
I was I was watching this performance on uh, Saturday in between saving the lives of 21 seven-year-olds because my daughter's birthday party was then at a swimming pool and um, oh, mate, that's wow. another story. I was um, watching this. My only thought was, gee, they sound pretty good, mm. but you're standing in the middle of the MCG in the 30-degree heat. How sweaty and disgusting <laughs> oh, they would be. It was just, I must say, I was pumped with Kiss and how it turned out. Like they, Whatever you say about it, the first thing that I looked at was there's seven-year-old blokes out there look like in full armour. They had yep. the, the, they had four-inch heels on and giant boots and they could hardly walk and they had these big chest plates and it was it's a full-blown act but I just thought their energy and and they had the joint rocking like people were just absolutely loving it at the ground it was was it was amazing and I I just thought they brought that sort of rock star appeal they're a they're a world act and you compare that I watched the NRL and the NRL grand final was outstanding mm. it was one of the great games both both grand finals one of the two, well both were two great games and whilst they, they used um, a Tina Turner sort of tribute show because they've got a, yeah. a stage musical that's going around. And the lady that sang was, sorry, apologies, I don't know her name, but she was outstanding. But it just didn't have the the star factor that something like a, a Kiss do. Someone that have sold 150 million records and have been doing this for four decades it just felt like they just brought something a little bit different. Her name is Ruva Nuena. Uh, who is the person who plays Tina Turner. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Because we had a public holiday in Adelaide yesterday, a lot of people have the, the first opportunity to um, breathe and express their thoughts about the grand final weekend. I mean, you'd hate to be a Queenslander this weekend after oh, the yeah. result they right. had. They did, didn't just have the AFL grand final, the NRL grand final, but I think there were some representative matches on uh, NRL grand final day as well where Queensland went down. So it was horrible. And that's okay because, I mean, Queensland's okay. It is very humid. Um, it's not one of my favourite places. Uh, however, what a wonderful weekend and display of sport. I wanted to ask you about the AFL Grand Final. A couple yes. of things that I thought of over the weekend that I would, would throw your way. And, of mm. course, if you um, wanted to express your thoughts, 0427154166, um, Collingwood fans especially, please celebrate, gloat. You can talk as much as you like. One of the things I reckon when you were playing Bix, which I think takes away from the gloss of the grand final, is the pregame warm-up. So I used to love AFL grand finals where the first time that you really got to see the team was when they ran out through the banner. So when you were playing, did you go through that on-field warm-up about 20, 30 minutes prior to actually coming out before the match? Because I think that's only started happening in the, the 2000s to, to 2010 plus where the team comes on for a quick run through. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good question because uh, Terry Wallace started it. Mm. Terry Wallace was the first uh, coach to get his team out onto the ground and do that sort of warm up. And I've got a feeling it used to be, because there used to be reserves games for mm. much of the time while I was playing before our games, but then the reserve game stopped. So Terry Wallace started it. But Malcolm Blight, in his wisdom, refused to let us do it because he said, and his theory was, on grand final day, they have pre-match entertainment and you cannot do the pre-game warm-up on grand final day, which you weren't allowed to. Yeah. So he said, I'm not going to practice something through the home and away that you can't do on grand final day. So we'll have a routine that will be applicable to grand final day. So whilst other teams are out there doing it, in particular the Western Bulldogs, 
uh, Blighty just said, no, we'll just make do with our warm-up inside because that's what we're going to have to do on grand final day. So that was his theory, and so we did that. And it was like you said, the first time we hit the ground was just before the game, and you felt that huge noise. And I, I can remember... The other stuff, you can hear the cheers and you can hear what sounds like, you know, the pregame entertainment where there's music and there's, you know, obviously Muhammad Ali went round the mm. ground and there was huge cheers with that. And you could sort of, you get this sense of anticipation. There's lots of stuff going on out there, but you're sort of, that you're not aware of. And then you come through the race and and the sound just hits you. It's like, a, it's almost like a physical thing, a wall of noise. And it's just, that's probably one of the more memorable things that I have, that first moment. And then you run a lap of the oval and you, that first lap where you run up and down and around, it's like your feet don't touch the ground. So yeah, I, I love that that part of it. But um, it's just become the other, the, the, the pregame's just become sort of part of the way we do it now, isn't it? That's I, I think our, so, our, but, but I, I just loved watching Darcy Moore lead the team out onto the ground. You can see the enjoyment that he had. Like they were they were soaking in the the fun and the happiness. Mm. And I know I don't want to um, go over some bad memories for Adelaide supporters, but it reminded me of the the enjoyment that Trent Cochin and the Richmond team looked like they were having in 2017 where Adelaide had their little stance and all of that and then uh, just the smiles on the faces of that's mm. been the theme of Collingwood for the last couple of years under Craig McRae. So we're going to talk about that throughout the whole show and of course um, we'd love your take on this too. We're going to speak to Tom Morris a little bit later on with all of the latest trade news because there's a lot of trade news that impacts a couple of South Australian players or players that play for South Australian clubs. But what we like to do to start off Every show on SENSA is giveaway stuff. So the first caller of every show always wins something. Our number, 1300 736 736. Call that number right now. Get your voice on the air. We'd love your take from the grand final or anything you want to say, and we'll give you that Signet Boost power bank. It will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24 7. Give us a buzz. It is 14 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Good morning to you. It is 20 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. We think we are. We think we are. Um, Bix, you're in Melbourne at the moment, still recovering from a huge grand final. Um, and it's it's different. I miss having your presence <laughs> in Studio Lumo here today. I no, feel it's well, unprofessional, and I miss you. No, no, sorry. Well, you, you've, a couple of times you've been in Melbourne. Uh, That's true. Other commitments. So I just sort of took the opportunity to spend a couple of days over here, take in a bit of the trade radio stuff that's going on in the studio right next door to me. Uh School holidays, of course, so the kids are over here. Went down to Portsea yesterday in Sorrento. That's a nice part of the world if, for those that have been there before. So this is way? the thing. I, I spent the first 10 minutes talking about my own first world problems and the lack of lemon tree I have now and the lack of support that I had on social media last night where the majority of the feedback was, well, you know what, Jay Walsh, when life gives you lemons, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, that's not going to cut up the massive tree that I have hanging over my car now. Um, you jumped in the car and drove over to Melbourne with the family. Talk about that experience because it's a wonderful bonding trip for you and the crew. Oh, well, fabulous if you, you know, when, when, when things are flying, but, you know, a couple of kids in the back seat after five or six hours, it's often had a bit a bit too much. 
Mm. Are, we, are we there yet? Are we there? Yet? That, that sort the of worst, stuff. Yeah. So, nah, it was a bit of fun. We didn't mind it. Um, and it's, we've got some friends over here we catch up with fairly regularly, which we uh, we went to their house on Sunday to take in the NRL grand final. They're big NRL fans. That was some sort of game. Now, I'm not a sort of huge NRL sort of uh, devotee, but I found myself wrapped up in that game. They were Broncos fans, unfortunately, so they uh, they weren't all that happy. But for those who didn't cap- capture that game, it was like full on. The Penrith have won the last two got out to a bit of a start and then this early in the second half the Broncos scored three tries in 10 minutes and effectively put themselves well in front with only about 10 minutes to play and then who would have thought Penrith come back and Nathan Cleary who's a, a star player just absolutely nailed it they're five meters out Kenny goes to the short side Nathan Cleary Nathan Cleary he goes through Cleary under the post he has a kick to take the lead and maybe the Panthers towards a famous three-peat full-time. The Penrith Panthers three-peat. We've witnessed one of the most remarkable comeback games you'll ever see. Yeah, and and not dissimilar to what we had with the AFL Grand Final with the Dacos brothers and we had Peter Moore Mm. giving the cup to Darcy Moore. Well... Nathan Cleary is the son of the coach, Ivan Cleary, like, and he's their star player. It's, so it was pretty full on, but I felt sorry for the uh, the Broncos fans because, like I said, they looked about 10 minutes out to have had that game absolutely sewn up. Can I ask you a naive question? Um, to win two in a row is really challenging. To win three in a row seems almost impossible because you're not going to have the exact same squad. You're going to have players that may be under injury clouds. Um, can you fathom the idea of winning three premierships in a row at that level? Well, it's just so hard. Like, you know, we, we won two and that was a phenomenal effort. Um, and there's been so few teams that are Hawthorne more recently have done it. Uh, we know that uh, the Brisbane Lions did it at the turn of the century as well. But you have to be something absolutely fantastic. One, you've got to have the skill, but you need a whole lot of luck that goes with it as well in terms of not getting injuries to your key players, being able to maintain your form at the right part of the season. Um, and then that third part, you've got to still have the hunger. Uh, I remember in our um, 1999, after winning it twice, we, we ran into a really rough patch, got lots of injuries, and it all became really hard after, you know, particularly when you sort of, you, you realise, you know what, we're probably not going to get back there again. To, to maintain that motivation and hunger and all the dedication and the commitment that's required, it's really, really tough. So to be able to sort of keep your, the eye sort of focused on the prize, that's that's a really sort of great effort by their coaching staff to be able to keep those players absolutely focused on what they're trying to do. We're in Studio Lumo today, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Very soon we are going to have a dig because I've got a big dig from the AFL Grand Final over the weekend. I want you to have a think about yours. As we yes. mentioned, Tom Morris will talk about all the trade stuff. A few uh, texts coming in about trades we'll get to too. Uh, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two, speaking of two, to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000 to shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Um, our text line Zero four two seven one five four one double six, and we will get to them after this on SENSA. Good morning. Tire safety check at your local tire power. Morn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 
just on 6.30 on SEN SA Breakfast. Uh, Mark Bickley, I hope you have got your five things you learned from the grand final ready to go at 7 o'clock this morning. Yes, indeed. You, all, all set. There's a lot to learn and then there's a <laughs> lot to kind of unpack about. An amazing weekend. Um, weather-wise, it was great. Just be safe on Adelaide's roads this morning. If you are heading around, especially the western suburbs, they were rocked by that freak thunderstorm last night. Um, our Tuesday wash-up at 7 o'clock alongside Paramount Browns. The Scrap Metal People, our text line 0427 154 166. What do you got for us, Bix? Yeah, let's start with this one who... Um Talks about Graham from Brisbane. Says, morning, boys. Port should try and get Dougal Howard back. Don't know why we traded our only good-sized key defender in the first place. We're going after nothing more than role players. We better not pay overs for these guys. Surely there's a South Australian key defender running around not getting a game at another club. Well, I'll tell you what. um, There was discussions around Toby Pink from Glenelg at 25 years of age Mm. who was described as the best key defender outside the AFL. I just wonder whether he might uh, garner some interest. But I would think at this stage, it looks like they're a fair way down the track with Brandon Zerk Thatcher and also Asava Radigalia. So expect those two guys to come into Port Adelaide. It'll be interesting to talk to Tom Morris about that too, Bix, before we go to the news. And I want an answer from you on the other side of it. If Port Adelaide are going to be getting three players in, so Zerk Thatcher, Sweet and Radigalia, is it just draft picks that they will part way with? Or... Will Port Adelaide say farewell to a player? Have a think about that. I want to get your thoughts straight after this. We're also got to have a dig for a big incident at the Sandfall. Uh, not the Sandfall. I was going to say there was a Sandfall club, Best and Ferris, where there was an incident as well, which I need to talk about too, but also the AFL Grand Final. Good morning. Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Good morning to you at 24 minutes to 7 on SEN SA Breakfast. Um, we are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Um, Bix, you've got someone sitting behind you. What is going on in Studio Lumo at the moment? Well, we're here in Melbourne and, of course, it's trade radio. We are sort of bursting at the seams at the moment. Every studio is uh, uh, is chock-a-block full. With, I'm looking at Gary Lyon and, and uh, Timmy Watson doing their show and, of course, Trade Radio in the studio next to us. So there's plenty going on here. We're, it's, just, it's a hive of activity. Can you tell the person sitting behind you that we can hear him eating his wheat bix on <laughs> SENSA? Legitimately, no, you, can no, hear, you, you can hear the spoon hitting the bowl. <laughs> And people you, are going to think it's you having breakfast. Ask him no, what his name is. Ask him no, what his name is. Yeah, just turn I'm, around and say, what's your name? No, I'm not going to do that because it's, it's not right. We're guests in this have you Have you met this guy behind you? No, not formally. Just no. ask randomly. Just say, hey, how many wheat bix you got there? Just And then I'll move on. I, refu- I refuse to do that. No, it's not fair. Okay, well, before the end of the show, you are going to find out. Um, look, will. we're going to have a dig very soon. And, of course, our sports update and our uh, footy shorts and our wash-up. Um, thank you to Paramount Browns, the scrap metal people. You can hear him eating his wheat bix now as well, I reckon. <laughs> I cannot. Um, so South Adelaide's best and fairest on Saturday yes. night. The Nucky Cup. Now, it was, as a former South Adelaide player, you would know a lot about this. The 100th time the Nucky Cup uh, was mm. awarded on Saturday night. So it's got a... Very prestigious. Uh, it's massive, mate. And what I loved about the celebration on Saturday night was, um, look, it was a challenging year for South Adelaide on the field in the men's, in the seniors. The reserves made the finals. Um, the women made the grand final. Unfortunately, uh, went down to centrals after the umpiring decision didn't go their <laughs> Very way. Very unlucky. 
<laughs> yeah, the room went really flat after they played the highlights of the grand final and I mentioned the umpiring. Um, and the under-18s won the grand final. Mm. But the, the, the most hilarious part of the night was we get to around 8.30 and it was time for the Women's Development League Best and Fairest. Now, the Women's Development League, they also won the premiership for South Adelaide in mm. 2023. So their league coach, Ryan Skoberg, got up onto the stage to announce a couple of the awards. Now, my role after the season review was to go through the best and fairest leaderboard places from 10th to 3rd. Yes. So, for example, Caitlin Radbone and Jodie Hunt finished equal ninth. Um, Alyssa Brook, 25 votes in 7th. And I got down to 3rd um, with Sarah Wright on 32 votes. So that means we would then lead into the runner-up for the best and fairest and the winner of the best and fairest. Mm. Now, Ryan didn't take his notes with him and he thought he'd just wing it. Oh, goodness. So Ryan accidentally announced the winner as the runner-up and the runner-up oh, as the winner. Me. Goodness me. Oh, no. <laughs> but thankfully, both... Melanie Costa and Nari Wright were apologies, so they weren't there to experience oh, the awkwardness. That was like the Oscars. It was. So who alerted him to the fact that he'd made the mistake? Everyone, because they all started laughing when he said, oh, no, I think I've got that wrong. I think I've stuffed that up. <laughs> and then I'm the person that has to step on the mic afterwards. But no, it was fantastic. So Keegan Brooksby ended up winning the, um, the best and fairest, the Nucky Cup. Mm. He, he last won it in 2014. And yeah, it's um, quite remarkable, isn't it? It's a fantastic year considering he commuted for the year as well. Like he's working at the Hawthorne Footy Club at yeah. the moment. So he came back on a, I'm guessing on a Friday night uh, and played and performed the way he did. That's just an outstanding effort. He's got a really good family history of the football club. And he was saying that, um, you know, he, when you think about Keegan Brooksby as a, a footballer, um, he was at South Adelaide. Then he spent some time at the Gold Coast Suns. Um, yeah. and then I think he, it was West Coast before that. He it? went no, he went to West Coast eventually. But then when Nick Natanui came back, they mm. said they said that he was surplus to requirements. So they said see you later. And then he ended up going to Hawthorne for a little bit too. So um, he's been following his partner Abby Holmes all around Australia, who did an outstanding job at the the grand final on the weekend too. So um, it's a it's a good story. And I, I think we get to this time of year where there's a lot of celebrations and farewells for players too um, throughout all the Sandful clubs. Mm. Yeah, oh, exactly, and particularly uh, some of the older guys. The commitment that's required for the for the Sandful players is absolutely phenomenal, and um, that's why I, you know you look at teams like Glenelg that have been able to keep their group together for such a long time, and and ultimately have success and you know sustained success where they've had a number of flags. That, that's part of the. Uh, that's part of the journey and, and the part of the success that you need to hold those players. And the Eagles did it really well yep. when they were going through that period where they were winning flags. And Central, of course, were the ones that did it best all those years ago. But that's the key to having that success is to be able to retain those good players and keep them motivated and wanting to play for your club. And the other celebration they had, it was only 24 hours before that former South Adelaide player, Bo McCreary, ended up mm. being a an AFL Premiership player. Which brings me... To this. There is a couple of mentions I'd like to make. Certainly, as a major sponsor in Vodafone, 
And Alan Scott, you were wrong. Now, before you dig, lodge a free inquiry online. Don't dig blind. Search before you dig online, byda.com.au. I might need some assistance with BYDA for my lemon tree, which is Valet <laughs> after the storm last night. And it ripped up your brand new lawn as well. I just looked at some photos yeah. you sent through. That's not, not ideal. Don't talk about that. Got a text in as well, big 0427-154-166. Um, this is from Callum saying, as the proud owner of a lemon tree, I really feel for you, Jared. Thoughts on a replacement? Really enjoy, enjoying my neighbor's mulberry tree. Um, on a different note, thoughts on Jimmy Butler's hair. He's an NBA player. He's got a very mm. interesting hairstyle at the moment, Jimmy Butler. I've got a couple of Tahitian limes. Uh, they're quite good. Very, They fruit very well. Aren't they curtains? Oh, no, that's Venetian blinds. Sorry, it sounds <laughs> sounded very different. Um, so my dig is for Collingwood's Bo McCreary, mm. Collingwood's Mason Cox. Oh, I know where this is headed. The other Collingwood players who were more focused on saying, let's go, when they walked off the platform where they received their premiership medal, Mm. they left some kids in the lurches that just left their hands out for a high five or a fist bump. This is now a regular thing that happens in AFL grand finals. The kids get left behind. And I think... I don't know what it was like when you were playing Bix. Yeah. You have a club representative that holds you a hat. They hand it to you and they will say, put the hat on the kid, bow down, get your medal, shake the kid's hand. Now, the kids would have been briefed and they would have been told, now, look, go up there, hand the medal over and shake their hand. It's not that, it's not that complex, mm. right? No. And I feel that those kids would be shattered with that. Oh, maybe. But I, 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 you got to cut the players a little bit of slack. It, it is, it's the their moment. Like in term, when I say their moment, it's like, it's the pinnacle of of a career, and like they don't do it deliberately. Ninety percent of them are great, and some guys just get a little bit excited. Mm. They, yeah. I, I think I think you're cutting the players too much slack there, and I think high fiving a kid or giving them a little fist bump isn't too yeah. much to ask in that no, moment. Of course, of course, it's not. But that's that's in that's you and I sitting in our uh, armchairs watching that and having the you know the benefit of being cool and calm and collected at the time. Some like, of them were really good though, pumped. mate. Like some of them were really good with those kids and had a good chat with them. You always knew that Scott Pendlebury was going to be fantastic with one of the kids. Um, before you dig, lodge a free inquiry online. Don't dig blind. Search before you dig online, byda.com.au. Can I, can I take it up another notch, which could get me into a bit more trouble okay. with my dig? Yeah, go. I'm, I'm almost on the same wavelength as Brian Taylor and he's been... <laughs> He's been very outspoken about this. Mm. The post-game celebrations Yep. after you receive your medal on the ground. Let me ask you a question before I make my statement, Bix. <laughs> yes. Did you bring your family and your kids onto the ground with you once you received your premiership medal? No, it was a different time. It was a different time. I know where this is headed because you're not the only person that said what was everyone doing out on the ground? I didn't like everybody out on the ground. Now, I am I like that the players went up and they received their medals because I remember when Hawthorne won a couple of years ago, I know Jordan Lewis took his kids up to receive the medal with him. I, I feel at that point it should be all about the players and then have the family stuff a little bit later on instead of mm. everybody getting out on the ground. In the rooms, perhaps. Uh, look, I'm, I'm ambivalent to it. To be honest, once they dangle the... the medal around the player's neck that I'm just about out after that okay. I sort of I've watched the game because then it can really 
drag on and it's and it's really just 22 blokes looking excited you know getting around they all get a chance with the cup they all hug people in the crowd who we've got no idea what the relevance is of some of these people yeah i'm a bit of an overthinker though because i see some of the young players with their their partners and having photos and stuff on the ground they potentially in 10 years time might not be with their partners anymore (laughs) and the memory of that is yeah here's my photo with darcy moore and my (laughs) ex-girlfriend well it's um, it is progressing because it started off as, you know, maybe there was the, the, the player's wife would be over on the sideline somewhere and hand the players their children yeah, and they would, yeah. they would be involved and the kids would be running around. Then it sort of now progressed to the wife or the partner is on the oval. Then we had the mum and the dad and the two partners and, you know, there was lots of different people. In the end, like I say, it's it's recognition of those people that have made a huge sacrifice, but... Mason Cox had mum and dad and his brother out there. Like, how many how many people per player are we allowing for? I know. <laughs> what if you What if you don't have a girlfriend? What can you just take your five best mates out there? Can just you? a Tinder date. Hey, did you want to just join me at the MCG <laughs> at five o'clock after I win the flag? Uh, but you know, like we're splitting hairs here. Like they do make a huge commitment. But I I get your point. I I think it it's almost the playing surface is sacrosanct, isn't it? To, I think to a so. Lot of I, I think in that regard, and I. I'm a father myself, so I'd want my kids to be involved. But I think at that point, the the players need to have th- that moment for themselves. And as you said, once you enter the rooms, that because at the end of any normal game at, at Adelaide Oval after a showdown, you don't see Taylor Walker taking his wife out onto the ground and walking around. It's all in the room. So why is it different mm. on grand final day? Um, I don't know. I felt like it was – that's probably the most extreme I've seen at post-grand final as well with everybody on the ground. Yeah, maybe it's it's been the way that Craig McRae has has sort of built that that team where it's all about family and it's all about the people that mean the most to you and and he's included them he's included them even in the pregame address he's had you know Bo McQuarrie's mum was involved uh, earlier in the year so once again in the scheme of things it's it's not a huge thing but I actually take your point Thank and you. and and it won't be long before we have. Um, you know, like people where the players are all together with the Premiership Cup and all having their photos taken, and someone will jump in that, and then yeah. people will say, well, what's going on? And, and they'll we'll get Scott Penderby's kid will go up and accept the medal on behalf of Scott. That'll be uh, Jay Weatherall style with the Adelaide Crows uh, <laughs> <laughs> ladies team when they won their first Premiership. Oh my. Can I, can I <coughs> dig? Yes, please Jared? go. My, my dig is around the, the start time of the game. And once again, it, it's in stark contrast to the NRL, which started later in the, the afternoon and went into the evening. That, to me, just looks so much more spectacular with mm. all the – what you can do with the pyro, with pyrotechnics, what you can do with the lighting, all of that sort of stuff. And I just felt as good as KISS were – Oh, it felt like they spent thousands and thousands of dollars on all the pyro, yet they did it in the middle of the day at whatever it yeah. was, 2 o'clock, and it had very little effect and all these fireballs going up. If that was at night, that would have been off the charts fantastic. So I think that we've done it before and it's been great. And I just – I don't know to say we, we do it every year, but let's let's – vary the start time of the of the AFL Grand Final. Why does it have to be in the day? And I know a lot of people say tradition. Oh, we've, we need tradition. Well, tradition goes out the door for the prelim finals. It goes out the door for the semi-finals. It goes out the door for the elimination finals. We just we don't seem to care about tradition 
having to play it on a Saturday afternoon for those games. So what is the grand final? What do we have to stick to tradition for that one? I think we can, if we get an act uh, or, or we just want to have a little look at it uh, at night, like we've done in Brisbane, which was absolutely spectacular, like we did Twilight in Perth, which was amazing. Let's just keep having a crack at doing that and seeing if we can't sort of maximise the, the actual event for, for what it is, which is a huge event on our calendar. I like it, Mark Bickley. It's 11 minutes to 7 o'clock on SENSA. More team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. We have a sports update and a footy update right after this. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Just before 7 o'clock on SENSA Breakfast, Mark Bickley, we are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, and it's time to get into... A little bit of the good stuff here. If you're getting on the road, you can get on the road faster. 132727. That is 132727. Budget car and truck rental. Give us a sports update, my friend. Okay, let's start with Australian basketball legend Lauren Jackson. She's going to extend her remarkable career for at least one more WNBL season. The 42-year-old has recovered from an Achilles injury sustained in February and will suit up again for the Melbourne-based Southside Flyers when the new season starts on November 1. What a star she has been. 42 years of age and still uh, running up and down the boards, which yep. is great. Um, while describing the Wallabies World Cup campaign as bitterly disappointing, Rugby Australia boss Phil War believes axing embattled coach Eddie Jones isn't the answer. The Wallabies are in World Cup limbo after beating Portugal in their last pool match uh, and now relying on the same side stopping Fiji from earning a bonus point in the final game next Sunday. If not, Fiji will join Wales in advancing to the quarterfinals with Australia heading home after the pool stage for the first time in tournament history. So there you go. That is, uh, we're relying on Portugal now. That's not great news. And Liverpool have made a formal request to access the audio related to Saturday's offside controversy at Tottenham. The club had a goal ruled out in North London due to miscommunication between VAR Darren England and on-field referee Simon Hooper. The Premier League game was goalless at the time of the incident, with the Reds going on to lose 2-1 to Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham Hotspur. Now... This is another one I could have had for the dig is mm. all the people that held up VAR in England and uh, the Premier League as this is what the AFL should do. You know, like they're, they're Mickey Mouse. They're not doing it properly. Invest in it like the Premier League. They don't make mistakes. You'd never see this happen yep. in the Premier League. Well, guess what? Exactly the same thing happened. Human error. Whenever you have humans involved, you have the potential for human error. And you just heard it there. Miscommunication between two people uh, was what caused that uh, goal review uh, not to happen or the VAR not to happen and not to be discussed properly. Very similar to what happened in the AFL where the umpire didn't refer it up and uh, to, or didn't refer it uh, to the ARC and the ARC people didn't tell the umpire to stop the game so he could check it. So when you've got people involved, there's always the potential for error. Chelsea's leading Fulham at the moment, 2-0 in the Premier League. There's a game happening as we speak, Mark Bickley. So having a look at the Premier League table, Man City sitting top at the moment on 18 points. They have won six out of a possible seven matches with Tottenham. Five wins and two draws. They haven't lost yet. Everyone's continually falling in love with Ange Postacoglu. 
I read something on the weekend which kind of stood out about this, though, with Ange and with Craig McRae. Everybody kind of is now looking for their Ted Lasso story, where mm. we're, we're hearing from Craig McRae and all the beauty surrounding what he's doing and Ange. Um, that in itself is causing a little bit of cynicism from some football fans because they're going, well, can we actually get some audio clips and some vision of Ange talking about football as opposed to the mentality behind the football. So mm. I think everybody's kind of looking for the love story and, and the romanticism in everything now. Yeah, look, I, don't, I also think it's about the that, that style of person as well. I mm. think Craig McRae uh, does lean towards that or lean into that, and that's probably why he was, he was chosen by Collingwood because that's the way that the players – uh, well, the coaches are getting the best response from their players. What we also don't see, and you hear it from people who know Craig closely, is I've heard a number of people say, he's the most competitive person that I've ever met. <laughs> if you're playing tiddlywinks, he wants to win. And he talked about that last couple of minutes against GWS. Before or, or sort of after every training session, they do a two-minute wrestle with each other where they're trying to wrestle to get rid of someone so they can go pick the ball up. They've done that for two years after every session. And he said, and the reason we do that is because there are moments in games where you just have to find a way to beat your opponent. So, you know, there's the the, the fluffy stuff, which I think gets highlighted because people mm. want to talk about that. And it's slightly different. And it's a, you know, we're seeing this sort of new age of coach as opposed to what we've previously seen with, you know, people perhaps like uh, Mick Moldhouse and, and others. Uh, but the thing that, we don't, we shouldn't get away from is one, you know, the, the competitiveness that he's instilled into that group, but also that there's tactically they've they've got a great coaching group with Justin Lepich and Brendan Bolton and Hayden Skipworth amongst others. Andy Otten is in a is a development coach, uh, former Adelaide player there at Collingwood as well. So they've amassed a really good coaching team that tactically were able to to sort of make the most of those moments when they arose. Uh, Wolverhampton beating Man City over the weekend was massive too. Their first loss of the season. Going to Wolves, speaking of first loss of the season, the Adelaide 36ers had their first home loss of the season on the weekend to Melbourne United. We've got a text about that. We'll get to very soon. Tom Morris will join us at 7.30 with all the trade news. As we mentioned earlier, Beaumont Tolls is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000 shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Next week, We'll find out the five things Mark Bickley learned from the 2023 AFL Grand Final. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Good morning to you at three minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. A massive thanks to Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Mark Bickley, as we say good morning, a lot of people listening for the first time this morning. Um, crazy scenes weather-wise last night in Adelaide. Thunder, lightning, aggressive winds, which took out my lemon tree, which is horrible. I've put that on I've put that on social media. We might actually retweet that on the SENSAX mm. page um, because it was it's really sad. So so why did it blow over? Because it's a rather substantial tree is the landscaping you've had done recently did it have anything to do with it unsure we'll ask those questions today and see if we can get a discount um, say. i would be uh, i'd be definitely asking that because it was 
Looked like there was a thousands of lemons on it as well. It was really fruiting. Heaps of lemons. I told my daughter at about 1am because she was awake due to the, the thunderstorm and I mm. told her the bad news and she said, what about the, the lemonade stand I was going to make? Yeah, and exactly. I've broken her heart, which is really disappointing. Speaking of hearts breaking, um, the hearts of Queensland were broken over the weekend with the Broncos going down, the Lions going down, a couple of other Queensland teams and the hearts of the Adelaide 36ers supporters. They had their first match of the season against Melbourne United at the Entertainment Centre on Sunday in front of 8,000 people. We've got two texts coming in before we hear the five things you learn. Big 0427154166. You got them in front of you, those text messages? Yes. Um, first one says... Uh uh, confirmation that the current 36ers roster is their worst in history. Uh, we saw last year CJ couldn't coach. Let's see how long he lasts. God, they're a bit quite scathing there. They're pretty direct. Yeah, and that was from Daniel. Another one from Rocco says, Walsh, when they when they don't call you Jared, you know you're in trouble. Walsh, how long does CJ last at the Sixers? He wasn't very good last year with a good squad. You know what was uh, strange about the, the weekend's game? Jerome Randall was at the game. So Jerome yeah. Randall, who used to be the, the star guard for the 36ers, yeah. um, he put on his social media on his Twitter or X account saying, hey, I'm in Adelaide. Um, any chance of some tickets to the basketball? And then no one responded. And then he was really disappointed. And then he ended up getting tickets sitting next to... Um, there were a couple of Port Adelaide boys there and some representatives from the Supercross, and he was there. And then he was asking on social media if anybody had a Jerome Randall jersey that he could wear at the game so he could feel a part of it. So he really wants to be part of the Adelaide setup. Um, that's not going to happen. Like, he's not in Adelaide because he's not being recruited. So that's don't don't get mm. that in your heads. That's literally not happening. But why not for a layman like myself? Is he still playing? Is he still capable? Well, he's not playing at the moment. No, he hasn't played for a while. Um, and he runs his own camps or um, workouts with, with other mm -hmm. athletes, including NBA talent over in the States. Um, but at this point, we have, yes, at the Adelaide 36s, there is a spot for an import because we uh, released our import a couple of days ago, who was also at the game watching it. But I don't think Jerome Randall is the answer for the Adelaide 36ers. No, no. Where they fell short on the weekend was their, their big man department. So if they are looking at an import that will come in to fill the roster spot, they need someone that can match it with the other big men for the other team because um, that's where we really fell short on the weekend. And it felt like Melbourne United didn't get out of second gear. So it was mm. concerning because the road trip coming up for the Adelaide 36ers is Perth in Perth. And Sydney, in Sydney, and they're looking down the barrel of a zero and four start, mm. which is not yeah, good a, at all. It's a really tough draw. And like I say, <clears throat> with the disruption they've had in their preseason with their um, imported player sort of not no longer being on the roster. Did you say it's at the game? It was at the game. I know. it's so. It was so strange. He was at the game watching it. So... Whether he's waiting to head home or waiting for another opportunity and another organisation, I'm not sure. And then Callum's mm. just sent in a text on 0427154166 saying, will they do anything to honour Daniel Johnson? Well, I hope so. I think the, the question's been asked of Daniel Johnson, whether he wants to appear at a game so they can honour him. They're going to retire his jersey. But then it's up to him whether he wants to be part of those celebrations because uh, Daniel, in, com in comparison to uh, AFL, He's very much a Buddy Franklin type yeah. player where he doesn't like the limelight. He doesn't want anything to be about him. He'd rather just vanish. But but hopefully he accepts that invitation to come back and um, be celebrated.
Yeah, well, I think we'd all, all hope that. And also, uh, Daniel, oh, sorry, Callum went on to say he's a big fan of locut trees. What's locut? What's a locut? A locut is a fruit. Are you sure? It's like, yeah, it's like a yellow flesh with a brown stone inside. Hmm. Yeah, cool story. <laughs> SCNSA Breakfast, top five things we've learned. What did you learn, Mark Bickley? Okay, this is what I learned across the weekend. Great teams win premierships. You look at the, the if you lined up the two teams, this is Collingwood and Brisbane. Brisbane looked to have more firepower, more star power, more talent across their list, but it just Collingwood find a way. They just found a way to keep getting in front, to keep uh, forcing the ball forward. And in the end, they kicked two really telling goals, one from uh, Steel Sidebottom and one from Jordan DeGoey that was enough to get him across the line. So great teams win premierships. And hey, Bix, can I stop Collingwood you with that? certainly a great team. Let me ask you a question. In that last quarter, Steel Sidebottom was amazing with his goal. Scott Pendlebury, I think, had 11 disposals yep. and he didn't stuff up mm-hmm. once. Yep. Um, the experience in finals is key, it makes me immediately think to the significance and importance that if Travis Boak stays at Port Adelaide, what role he could play if he's there and they make finals in 24. Yeah, look, I think experience is one thing. I, I, I'd call it something else. I call it footy IQ. Like, Pendlebury and Sidebottom have got footy IQ sort of oozing out of every pore. And, and I put Nick Dacos into that as well. Like, he did some things, Dacos, that were really clever, including that final handball that got the ball to Dugowie, uh to actually kick that goal that put him back in front. And that, that was my second point. It's the moments that count. And I had side bottom, Pendlebury, Dacos. They, they just know what to do in those moments. And, it's, and I know it's little things, but when you go back and you look at um, what happened in those moments, you know, there was a Josh Dunkley slipped over and he was fell over. He was on the ground. He was out of the play. And then Lockie Neal tried desperately to get goal side of Dacos, but he just couldn't get there. So there's all these little things that just weren't able to be sort of an I dotted or a T crossed. And then that just opens the door for those really smart players to be able to do what they do. So um, that was my second point, that it's the moments that count. And it's always been that for, for Collingwood. I think they, they now move to 18 games decided by under... 10 points mm. and they've won 16 of them. So, and, and you think about this final series, they won three finals by a combined total of 12 points, like to win three close games in front of huge crowds. It's just, you know, it's, it's happens too often for it to be luck, uh, which is what I thought it was when you get to close games, there's such a big element of luck, but what Collingwood have proven is that you can take that element away. If you continually do the right things at the right times. Um, the third thing I learned was how good is attacking footy in grand finals? At halftime, I was just spellbound. It was eight, 18 goals had been scored. It was nine goals apiece. At that stage, it was it was one of the great sort of halves of footy. The ball just pinged around that second quarter. Um, the Lions kicked six goals, and they did that early, and then Collingwood came back. I think might have kicked the last three in the quarter, but they kicked five for the quarter. So it was just a, an amazing um, display of, of great AFL footy where it was just pinging from end to end. It was the you know, great footy, great goals being kicked, marks being taken. It was just fabulous. So I love that. Uh, the fourth thing I learned was sometimes you can just be in the right place at the right time. And Billy Frampton was that person. Like So in the end, <laughs> he's come in, um, Dan McStay, injured in the prelim final. Billy Frampton, yet to play a, an AFL final, comes in his first final as a grand final. 
didn't have a huge impact. I know like people have talked about his negating role on Harris Andrews. I don't really think he negated Harris Andrews all that much. Andrews had 16 disposals, including 11 in the last quarter. And Frampton wasn't on him the whole time. But Billy had one kick, which was a soccer from a half a metre out that he soccered through the points, and he had one handball. Um, but guess what? He played his role in the team. He was there and he was ready and it's been a long journey for Billy. So I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm saying, well done. You've got a premiership medallion, but gee, gee whiz, you know, there was, you think about all the players, you know, that, that retire without playing in a premiership and they, some of them play hundreds of games and, you know, and, mm. and all those types of things. And, but at the same time, there is an element of opportunity and luck. And when all those things meet, that's what happened on the weekend with Billy Frampton. I think Billy Frampton looked equally as shocked when the final siren went of his disbelief of his football journey as well. But just because he hasn't played um, as many games as some other ones, it doesn't mean he hasn't gone through his own hardships as well, I guess, too. Oh, no, no. I'm taking nothing away. I I think we said on Friday or Thursday about... I I love the fact that even when it wasn't turning out at Adelaide, he just went back in the sample and just keep kept sort of getting better and dominating in that competition. And that's what led him to Collingwood. And his flexibility was what Collingwood liked because he could play forward, he can play back, he yep. can play on the ruck. And that was the element that got him into the team. So taking nothing away from him, uh, but it's still, you just, you know, I think people marvel at the fact that, uh, you know, you get that opportunity. And the last one is, and this is a little bit more lighthearted around the, the grand final. The last two years, Robbie Williams, uh, as the pregame entertainment, and now Kiss. I think star power works. Those guys, they've got some star power. They've got presence. They all had charisma. I just loved both those pre-match entertainment uh, gigs. You know, I'm sure they cost a fair bit, but I just feel like the event that is the AFL Grand Final demands you have someone really good as the pregame entertainment. Now, I'm a huge Crowded House fan, but I'm not sure Crowded House bring the energy that Kiss bring with the way they went about their pre-match um, routine on, on the weekend. So keep going big. If, if, if you're Andrew Dillon and you're on the back of uh, Robbie Williams and Kiss, I reckon you've got to go really big next year. Keep looking for the big acts and getting them in. So who at the AFL is the person that one day, though, will sit down with Mark Seymour and say, Mark, we love you, but mm. this year we've made the tough decision not to have you perform Holy Grail <laughs> at the grand final. Well, I don't think he's performed it everywhere. I think you could say that about Mike Brady and up there, Kazali. I think it's been, he's done it 10 times. I Mike Mark's... Brady gets wheeled out to do that, yes. <laughs> but I think Mark Seymour's only done it, well, I'm not sure he's done it at the grand final before, has he? Maybe once. Yeah, he has. Or he has. twice. Yeah. But still, I, like, I didn't like the, a lot of people uh, weren't sort of overly enamored with the, the rendition that they went with. It was, slightly, it was a sort of slightly... It was an acoustic, acoustic strip-back one. You were waiting for it to just build up and go bang, but it didn't. Mm. Yeah, and it was his band, so it wasn't the... Um, it wasn't the, wasn't no, the it wasn't Hunters and Collectors. It was Mark Sam. It was very nice work, Mark Bickley. Uh, it's a big day on SENSA today. Of course, Trade Radio has commenced in the run home with Kimbo and the Rooch from 3 p.m. Uh, we'll talk to Tom Morris in about 15 minutes. And next, Bix, I need you to nominate someone who's making a difference. We make a difference. Save on your everyday living expenses. It is a quarter past seven. Good morning.
Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 20 minutes past seven. Good morning to you. Tom Morris joining us very soon with all the AFL trade news uh, that has an impact on some of our South Australian clubs, Mark Bickley, where he thanks to Tire Power. Their great race sale is now on. We are looking for your nomination for Who's Making a Difference. Bix, uh, please let us know. We make a difference, helping members save up to 12% at hundreds of shops and restaurants. Who's your nomination, Mark Bickley? Well, I'm going to go right to the very top. This is a sort of a, a taking a bit of a global look. Who's making a difference? Craig McRae is making a difference. I think it's really easy to forget the predicament that Collingwood were in when Craig McRae took over. They finished 17th the year that he took over. And remember, they had the Brody Grundy leaving the club. There was the Adam Trelaw kerfuffle. They had lots of stuff that was going on with their list management and all a whole range of other things. He has galvanised this group. He has They've not brought a whole lot of people into the footy club, not many star players. Now, look, yes, they've had some... Uh, some assistance with their father-sons, obviously, with Nick Dacos coming into the, the organisation. But not, not a whole lot of other huge big-name recruits other than that. And he's taken them from 17th to a prelim final where they lost by a point to winning a premiership. Now, that is absolutely remarkable from where I sit. Uh, let's have a listen to Craig Kelly talking about uh, the all-in mentality of Collingwood. The transparency of all-in and we're open and respect us and we'll, we'll, we'll respect you is something that, you know, both Fly and myself, Jeff, Righty, um, it's not to say we don't get annoyed at times with um, what's being reported or said, but the, the, the reality is um, it's a lot more open because um, the coach uh, and the coaching group wants it to be like that. That all-in mentality, he said he's also going to provide them a bit of a challenge in the future when it comes to recruiting. For us now in Victoria, the, the clubs in Victoria... With what's happened with North, um, with that, that that extra couple of picks, and then also what's going to come at us with Tassie, plus the academies on that uh, up in Sydney and and Gold Coast and Queensland, we're up against it, mate. So you yeah. know, trying to pick the youth, it's going to have to be more of a strategy, a bit like you know, I think what Geelong's looked at as well, is we've got to be able to do this and still go to the draft with the right players. We'll get the right players, but then we're going to have to have the ability to go and just get someone to come in for a couple of years. Mm. <clears throat> there you go, Craig Kelly, who's done a remarkable job. He's uh, sort of the footy club's coincided, you know, some of their success with him taking over as CEO during that period as well. So, he, oh, look, he's uh, done a remarkable job and he's a super impressive guy. He's a good friend of mine, Craig, to be fair. But the last little bit about how tough it's going to be for Victorian clubs because of the North Melbourne picks because of Tassie coming in because of the academies in Sydney and Queensland. How is it exclusive to Victorian clubs? It's just as hard for Port Adelaide or West Coast or Frio or Adelaide or, or anyone else for that matter. So um, I'm just not sure it's an exclusive uh, problem for Victorian clubs. Some televisions uh, ratings came out as well, uh, Mark Bickley from the weekend, which um, went pretty big on social media last night. So I wanted to go through some of these figures yes. with you. So um, the AFL grand final uh, peaked, I think, at 3.75 million which is mm. quite big. 
but that's kind of it kind of sits in the middle here of some other big events in 2023 so the highest viewed uh, match of sport this year was the women's world cup australia and england 7.2 million Mm -hmm. then the women's world cup australia france 4.1 so the afl grand final sitting in third at the moment for collingwood brisbane 3.75 um the nrl origin one 3.42 and origin two 3.19 so good to look at yeah, it's good to look at, but I just don't know how we can quantify them really. Like, how do they know? Like, bit the World Cup, yes, I, I get that. That was in a different time. But, you know, I walk back um, from the MCG and you look in Fed Square and there's bars and the bars are overflowing with hundreds of people. Mm. And you think about every, you know, in, in half of Australia, in, you know, the southern states and Victoria as well, everyone had a... TV on with mates around, or how do you, how do you measure that accurately? Can you how can you tell how many eyeballs are actually on it? Because you know it's a bit like the World Cups were depending on what time frame they were, and some were late at night. And I know that you know there were a lot of eyeballs on it, and I don't doubt that for a second that they were the had many more viewers. But still, I reckon there's a lot a lot of people watching the AFL Grand Final, and you can't just measure it by how many. TVs were turned on. Daniel sent in a text, which is uh, an interesting one. Teams based in Queensland. This is uh, their results so far in 2023. The AFL Grand Final was a loss. The NRL Grand Final was a loss. The AFLW Grand Final was a loss. And the NRLW Grand Final was a loss by a cumulative score of 16 points. Mm, not a whole lot in that. Not very good for Queensland. It is 26 <laughs> minutes past seven. Maybe they should ring up Sturt and have a chat about it. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. The it's, 16s, the 18s, the reserves and the league. It's too finals. soon. Too soon, Mark Bigley. Good morning. It's SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Well, it's all happening this morning on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley is currently in Melbourne post-grand final. Bix, what was it like around Melbourne after Collingwood get a win? It just would have been crazy, right? You saw the scenes where everybody made the walk over to their facility where they're really fortunate to have it um, just opposite the MCG. What was it like? Mm. <clears throat> oh, it was enormous. As I said, I was sort of uh, back at Fed Square um, and there was just people everywhere. There's that, that walk back along the Yarra where um, everyone just makes their way back into the city. The city was going crazy. South Bank, there were people everywhere. So it's just, it was, it's a good time to be um, in Melbourne. The, the atmosphere that was around the place was outstanding. So but there, was, there was still plenty of Brisbane people, like obviously because a lot of people travelled to be there, they were all sort of in the, the city. But yeah, it was certainly taken over by black and white, no doubt about that. Got a text coming in from Lily, 0427154166. Collingwood is the complete, all right, I'm just going to try this word, antithesis of Port Adelaide. Collingwood are all in. It's Port, Kosh and Hinkley versus the support in us nowadays. Um, Bix, antithesis. What does that mean? Antithesis. The anti. An- the opposite. Okay. Would have been easier. Someone came up to me. Oh, you, you're saying things would be easier. Someone came up to me at the basketball <laughs> on the weekend and said, hey, um, I love listening to your show, but I don't really understand half of the words that Mark Bickley says. And I don't think he understands. Exactly. I don't. No, I'm just making them up. Okay. Well, I'm thank just, you for I'm that just, text, Lily. I'm just, uh, I'm just typing in antithesis. Okay, we'll wait for you. What do you okay. got? 
Um, yeah, I'm just having to check out how to spell it again. Um, Mate, you know we're on air, right? Yeah, I do. Like, I'm doing. This is happening. Um, here we go. Antithesis. Oh my gosh, this is a personal thing that is in that is the direct opposite of someone or some something else. That was worth waiting for. Thank you very much. Uh, What we're going to do is head to the news and we'll speak to Tom Morris next because (laughs) a lot of players at our clubs could be affected by the upcoming trade period. On servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Good morning to you at 23 minutes to 8 on SENSA. We are going to head into our AFL update. Scout Recycling Centre, 11 locations across South Australia. Mark Bickley. Wonderful yesterday morning, even though it was a public holiday in Adelaide, Tom Morris was still working very hard in the absence of Kane Corns. He was with Bucks yesterday. And as we say, good morning to you, Tom Morris. You described the grand final as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, that you have seen. It was wonderful listening to you. Good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, Fix. Well, uh, I, sort of, I said that without any... Um, great uh, position of strength given I'm 32 <laughs> years old. It's not like I've seen grand finals back in the 70s and 80s. I was negative two in 1989. But um, for more, the first grand final I remember proper, properly was 1999. And I sort of, I, I thought about the grand final on Saturday. And I thought that, that's as good a grand final as I've seen. That second quarter was unbelievable. Mm. And I think 2016 was an amazing story. Clearly 2010 was incredible because it was so close. 05 and 06 were really tight and low scoring, but I think um, I think everything around it uh, and the and the way the spectacle, um, the way that Collingwood played, the way that Brisbane are so attacking, it was the grand final that I've enjoyed the most. This is <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not the oracle. That's just my opinion. Uh, was that a deliberate ploy to say the first one you can remember is 99? The fact that I played in 97 and 98. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched replays of 97 and 98. And oh, I was going to send them to you otherwise. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, it was. It was, a, it was a cracking game. Like you said, at halftime, um, you, you were just spellbound, weren't you, with, with 18 goals being kicked and, you know, the way that it pinged around from end to end. And um, it did get clamped down a little bit in the third quarter, but still the – Charlie Cameron kicking that goal to, to put Brisbane in front and then what unfolded afterwards, it was just spectacular. Um, let's talk about some of the uh, the trade news that's just sort of buzzing around the place. If we start with a bit of local interest, Tom Duday, what's the latest on him? Because it seems as if now the season's finished, there's been a little bit more interest in Tom from uh, from what many people are saying. Well, we're all just playing the waiting game now um, as Tom Duday uh, decides what he wants to do. He's a free agent. So he's a restricted free agent. So the Crows can match whatever bid comes for him, but I don't think they will. Mm. Um, the wrinkle here is that the Adelaide Crows are offered a shorter-term deal on less money than what the Brisbane Lions and potentially Collingwood will present or have presented to Tom Duday. Um, and I think career certainty um, is what's really important for him. So they're the two clubs that have been linked to him uh, most heavily, but the Swans are also in the hunt for a player like Tom Duday. I think they re-established their interest a couple of weeks ago when they realised they were going to miss out on Ben Mackay. So there is interest for him. I would be surprised if Tom Duday stayed at the Adelaide Crows now. I really would. I think the Crows feel the same. They'd be able to get a, a pretty reasonable um, pick as compensation back for him. Uh, it's just a matter of when this actually all unfolds. Free agency opens on Friday, so it might be today, it might be tomorrow, but either way, I think by early next week at the latest, we'll know exactly what Tom Duday wants to do next year and beyond. 
Yeah, and it's pretty attractive when you think about some of the sides you mentioned. Collingwood, Brisbane, Sydney, all right in the window and, and contending, you would think, for the next couple of years, which is a consideration as well when you're, you know, you get to 26 or 27 years of age and you haven't won a premiership. That's going to be, uh, could be a contributing factor also. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Tom Dudo had a deal on the table from the Adelaide Crows, which was significantly longer than um, the one that he's been ended up uh, offering. Mm. So um, they revised the deal because of his uh, second ACL that he did this year. Um, he'll be back next year sometime midway through the season, but um, well, that's the hope. Uh, but I think when they revised the deal, I think it, it became pretty apparent to these rival clubs that he was even more gettable than he was before. So I'm not going to pretend to know what he's thinking exactly. Um, I don't know whether Brisbane is at the front of his mind or Collingwood is at the front of his mind, but you're right. He's got a pretty good decision to make. A long-term deal at one of the two grand final clubs is, uh, is a good choice to have. One of the other players that is on the Adelaide list was uh, Elliot Himmelberg, who there's been a little bit of chat about potentially joining his brother at the Giants. Tom, do you have any news on that? Yeah, if, if Adelaide can secure Marbio Chol, and they're interested in him, they've offered him a three-year deal, they met with him in Melbourne last week. If Adelaide can secure Chol, then they'll allow Himmelberg to be traded to uh, join his brother at GWS. Um, if they can't secure... Marbior, um, then I think they'd be far less likely to allow Elliot Himmelberg to break his contract and get to GWS. So I think it all comes down to whether um, they can get uh, a player of similar ilk, you know, a tall player who can play forward and ruck um, as a replacement for him. If they can't get that, I think they'll hold him to his contract and he'll come out of contract at the end of next year. So still, still a bit to play out there because Cole is weighing up the Adelaide Crows, he's weighing up Hawthorne. And he's weighing up North Melbourne. They're the three main clubs. I don't, I don't think Brisbane is as interested as they were maybe a few weeks ago. I think they're pretty tight under the salary cap. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's out of uh, that's out of Elliot Zimbleberg's control. He's got to wait and see what Chol does. And then that will determine how keen the Crows are to move him on. The Crows certainly don't need Chol and Himmelberg. So um, they're, they're certainly linked, those two players. Tom, do you think if Port Adelaide end up getting the three players that they're after, Zerk Thatcher, Sweet and Radigalia, uh, it will be more than draft picks that they part ways with? Would there be the potential that they would say farewell to a couple of players? Yeah, that's the that's the option. I think I know the story yesterday was that um, Essendon have asked for a uh, future first round pick for uh, Brennan Zerk Thatcher. Or that's their starting point. That's not going to be. That's not going to happen. Clearly, no. he's not worth a first round pick, but. Um, but Essendon are also really keen for players. I, I can't profess to know who these players are that they'll be keen for. I mean, knowing Essendon, they'll, pro- they'll probably ask for Ollie Wines and Zach Butters and and uh, and Rosie and maybe even um, and maybe even someone else on top of that. But that's not going to happen either. So I just think uh, I think it's likely that a player will have to be involved at some stage, or Port have to get really creative with their picks. I mean, what they've said to other clubs is this future first round pick is on the table to beef up their draft hand this year. Because what we know is that they don't have a pick at the moment before the last selection of the second round, which will end up being a pick in the maybe the early 40s. So they mm. need to get creative, and I'm sure they're doing that at the moment. And rival clubs are aware that that future first rounder is on the table. You've got clubs like the Sydney Swans that aren't that keen to be in this year's draft, that are more keen to be in next year's draft. The clubs like the Brisbane Lions that will need to bank picks to get Levi Ashcroft next year. So there, there is some... I mean, the talent of being a good list manager, aside from getting the players in and doing the salary cap, is working out what other clubs need and um, finding mutually beneficial solutions for everyone. So that's the challenge for 
for Jason Cripps at Port Adelaide, and uh, I'm sure they're working pretty hard on it now. Mm, he's been pretty good at it in the past. Um, Asava Radigalia is, yep. is an interesting one. What do you? What, what's his trade value? Depending on who you speak to, it, it's varied greatly. Where do you see his value in, in terms of what he's going to cost Port Adelaide? It, it's a really good question because as a player, as a pure player, put aside his contract at, at or contract offer at Port, I think he's probably worth about pick thirty. Um, he's a key mm. position, but he's been in and out of the team. But I think his contract offer at Port elevates that slightly to maybe twenty to twenty-five. And I know that's what the Radigalia camp believes as well. And they're in charge of brokering this deal. You know, Radigalia's management will um, will work uh, between the two clubs to come up with a solution. So I don't think he's worth a first rounder. I think he's probably worth a, a pretty. Uh, a pretty good second rounder. And I think a lot of that is because of the, the long-term deal that has been offered by Port. But as I said before, Port don't have that pick at the moment. So they need to get creative and get some more selections in this year's draft. And you've got clubs like North Melbourne that have a suite of picks. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if Port are trying to work out a way to get one or if not two of those North Melbourne selections and use one of them on a Sava Radigalia. Tom Morris, thank you so much for your time, mate. Looking forward to hearing more from you on Trade Radio over the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Walsh. Thanks, Pete. Really good to speak to Tom Morris there, our AFL update. Uh, don't throw away cash. Bring your cans, bottles, appliances and more to a Scout Recycling Centre. So, again, Bix, we're going to hear a lot more of this stuff over the next couple of weeks and then players' names will bob up here and there. And I think sometimes with trade period too, players' names get thrown up and they aren't even brought into the conversation about trade. But then things start heating up a little bit and they start thinking about it in their minds and then all of a sudden they find <laughs> themselves at a new home. So anything can kind of happen over the next few weeks. Yeah, it is, and and it's. Um, I think back in the day, if you heard your name discussed in a trade, you were really worried. But these days, everyone is uh, involved or discussed in trade. So, I think it's it's just part of the territory. The other thing that happens also around this time is it's never been more creative. You hear Tom talk about Port Adelaide and how they're going to have to get creative. Or we've heard things like salary dump last year, and we're we're hearing about uh, maybe. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns maybe offloading pick four and also um, a whole range of different things. So I'm sure by the end of this trade period, something will have happened that maybe we haven't thought of that's going to be a little bit innovative and creative. It's just it's just the way the trade period is going. Totally agree. Uh, we are here thanks to Tyre Power. Great race sale is now on. Uh, Bix, I just received a direct message on my Twitter slash X account from Michelangelo mm-hmm. Rucci that yes. uh, the link that Roach sent to me, and I'm very grateful for Michelangelo Roach doing this. Um, yes. It was what to do with uprooted trees, replant or remove. So he sent in some advice already, Roach. <laughs> I know, I'm a so, little bit disappointed and flat so, about this. So you, there is a chance you can maybe put it back in the ground? Is that what we're saying? Uh, no, because at 10.30 last night, I had a chainsaw out and I was oh, um, cutting right. it to yeah. pieces. So I think I've, I've maybe jumped the gun there. <laughs> Just very disappointed. We'll jump the chain short. Daniel says, the lemon tree came out roots and all. Surely you're going to try and save it and free plant today. Just going to say there's a lot of uh, lemons that are going to be consumed at my house over the next couple of weeks. So... There you go. You can have a listen so to Rooch. So if you Rooch. live in Semaphore, you want some lemons, just ro- can you give your address out, Jared, just quickly? Can you give your address out, Mark, quickly? <laughs> <laughs> the run home with Kim on the Rooch from 3pm. We're going to do On The Mark straight after this. Good morning. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 
Good morning to you. It is seven minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. We're in studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley is in Melbourne at the moment. And as you can imagine, Melbourne is chaos. There are people in the SEN studios just coming from everywhere. There's a bloke mm. sitting in Mark Bickley's studio right now who's <laughs> eating his cereal and talking on the phone really loud in the background. And Bix doesn't have the heart to tell him, just can you keep your voice down a little bit? Because now it's become a three-person show. So do you want to read out the text message on 0427154166 before on the mark? Yeah, this one's around. Uh, now, you lost your lemon tree overnight with a big freakish gust of wind that came through, and there's, you've had lots yeah. of suggestions. I've suggested you, you replace it with a, uh, a, a lime tree, yes. a Tahitian lime. Mm. Uh, there's been some people saying locusts. This one here, uh, I can't see who it's from, but it says... It's from uh, Callum. Callum. Oh, there it is down the bottom. Yeah, Callum says, what about a tangelo, an underrated, <laughs> very underrated citrus, the tangelo? See, I feel like, I know it's only 7.54 in the morning, but I feel like a gin and tonic because I can put these things in there. I mean, that's that's a real problem. So um, we've got something happening after 8 o'clock this morning, which is the good stuff. So we want your nominations. We do this with budget car rental. You can get on the road faster, 13.27.27. Something that good happened over the weekend. It may have been sporting related. It may not have been. Send in your nominations right now, and we'll get to that very soon. But right now... Okay, Mark Bickley, on the mark is where I read out a couple of statements. You have to say if they are on or off the mark. Be very direct with your responses, okay? No sitting on the fence. Okay. Here we go. Part one. This is all being reflective after the long weekend and the grand finals. Uh, Oh, that was very loud. Um, The umpire should have called the ball back. No advantage. uh, That's on the mark, but... There was a lot going on, lots of noise, but I think he should have blown his whistle a few times and, and let everyone know it was a free kick because clearly Zach Bailey didn't know it was a free kick. Correct. AFL Premiership medals to all players should be a thing now. We saw Craig McRae last night refusing to put his medal on because he's like, nah, it should go to everyone. Mm, that's off the mark. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm thinking that even if you do give players a medal, it still doesn't make them a premiership player. So I did, they, they didn't play in the game. And I know people who I would think would have said, no, I don't, I don't want the medal. I didn't play. Mm. So while some people think it's a good idea and some people would like it, and I, I get it, I, stu- I still just don't think it's the answer. 100,000 plus people at the MCG. It shows the AFL grand final should never leave that venue. Hmm. That's on the mark. I I know I'm going to cop a little bit of flack from some people, but it is just one of the great venues, the great feelings, the great sort of amphitheatres of sport. And um, I I just think that the day commands that type of, of arena. So, yeah, I love it. Time to get rid of the player of the finals award as voted by the coaches. Could not agree more. Can you? Can anyone tell me, if I ask that question right now, who was the player of the finals this year? Could anyone tell me who won the AFL Coaches Award of the player of the finals? I don't Gary know. Ayers so I'd, I'd have a guess off the top of my head. Let's just say Jordan Goey. No, it was won by Sam Walsh. So first of all, like, if you're not going to give it sort of the, the billing and the, 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 you know, and let people know who's going to win it or who's won it and, and put it on a you know, somehow make it really big, then don't do it. But but it's it's also 
desperately unfair because some players play three games in the final, some play four, some play two, some play one. Now, Walsh played one less game than all the other people. So um, this is how the voting finished. Um, Sam Walsh polled 23 votes. Then Kaiden Coleman vo- uh, polled 20.5 votes. I don't know how you get a 0.5, but he polled 20.5. And Collingwood grand final hero Bobby Hill polled 19. So... I just don't know. I just don't think it carries any weight whatsoever. Uh, Collingwood's 16th premiership should be called their third as we are now in the AFL. No, that's off the mark. Okay. That's a ridiculous statement. All right. They're, oh, they're competi- just asking the question, mate. <laughs> the, competition, um, the competition has been around for, you know, we acknowledge that it's been around for 130-something years, I think it is now. Mm. Um or close to 130 years. So I think that if you were one of the original members of that competition, the competition that is now known as the AFL, that you've got a right to be able to do it. Once again, Port Adelaide, how many flags have Port Adelaide won? In the AFL era, one. In the AFL era. But how many, like, don't Port Adelaide have 1870 on their back? Don't they say they've won 37 Yeah, I'm flags? just asking the question. You don't need to snap mm. at me. No, no, um, no, I'm just saying. I think Port, Port Adelaide want to claim all those flags. Good luck to them. It's their history. Okay. It's the history of their footy club. Tom Duday is gone. I tend to agree. I think that's on the mark. I think he's the security of the five-year deal. We've got him over the line. Uh, Collingwood's recruiters are the real winners of the AFL season. Bobby Hill, Dan McStay, Billy Frampton, Tom Mitchell. Oh, that's on the mark. They've been able to cherry-pick, haven't they, the players that they've needed and been able to get them to the club. And more importantly, they've performed. Now, Dan McStay is an interesting one because people said – they overpaid for him. They, you know, they they gave him a too long a deal for the player that he was. Well, he was very important in those first two finals. Kicked two goals in both those low-scoring games. Got yep. him to the grand final. Didn't taste the ultimate success, but Bobby Hill, he was an emergency in the 2019 grand final when playing for the Giants and on the big stage. Got it done for Collingwood. Players, partners, and kids shouldn't be allowed on the ground post-match. Yeah, I tend to agree. If I had to go one way, like I'm ambivalent. But if I had to say one way, there's plenty of time in the in the rooms afterwards, or even if it's just congregating near the race. I don't think – I think the less people on the ground after the game, the mm. better. And it really should be reserved for the players. And they, even if I'm being really picky, I don't know, this is probably just because I'm an old bloke, but it used to be you won the flag, got presented, you jogged a lap, showed yep. the whole crowd the cup, then, you, then that was it. Nowadays, I think they linger on the oval for about – it seems like – forever mm. so i don't know not, not there's anything wrong with it but once again i yeah if i had to go one way i'd say off it's on the mark get everyone in the rooms and let them celebrate down there last one craig mccray called his daughter maggie it's a good thing he's not the coach of the crows as the kid would be named crom <laughs> i was trying to think of another one quickly claude <laughs> Tiger, if it was if it was still at Richmond, <laughs> you're good. That's a that's a very good point, Jared, and not something that was missed by uh, too many people, isn't it? What about what if a, he was the coach of Gold a, Coast? He could have called his um, daughter Sunny. Sunny, yeah. or if he had, had a son, it could have been Sunny. Um, yeah, that's a big day though, isn't it? Seven forty-five, little uh, the birth of his daughter. Yeah, Maggie. Maggie, and then go on to um, to play in a premiership that, or, or coach a premiership, I should say. That is a big day. Apparently, big, um, Maggie uh, arrived early too, a couple of weeks early. So oh, really? what a surprise for um, Craig, which is... Well, yeah. What about the fact that his wife went to the hospital with his 
uh, with her sister. And Craig didn't find out till 7.45 in the morning when he got a phone call. Says, uh, you better get down here. Then she was born at 9am. So it's lucky he just got there quickly. Yes. Well, I like that. A good edition of On The Mark. Bix, uh, that's you. an early nomination of the good stuff. Get on the road faster, 13, 27, 27. If you have any, let us know and we will get to that and your text straight after this. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Four minutes past eight. Good morning. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Our number is one 736 736 if you want to give us a call. Mark Bickley just sunning himself in Victoria over the weekend. <laughs> Grand final day. Brings back memories for you, Bix. Yeah, it was, well, a long time ago, but it's just it's still a great day. Just seeing all the people, seeing the passion of the supporters, particularly the travelling supporters. So many Brisbane people travelled uh, and were in and around the city. Reminded, yeah, very much so of, of uh, you know, that time when Adelaide were there. And, and even <clears throat> more recently is, is my sort of recent memory of 2017 when Adelaide made the grand final. I was over there with the family watching that but and seeing all the, the Crows fans. So it's a little bit sort of nostalgic, but at the same time, it sort of whets the appetite. And you think, how good would it be if your team could get back there again? So... Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty full on. Let's get you our nominations in for the, the good stuff, Bix. You can get on the road faster, 13, 27, 27. I have two observations from the weekend, which I would okay. like to nominate for the good stuff, okay? Yep. So mm-hmm. the first one was Bobby Hill, who was the recipient of the Norm Smith medal. So unanimous decision. I'm, I'm pretty sure second in the voting was Kitty Coleman. Is that right? His first yep, half was right. amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's have a listen to Bobby Hill. Yeah, it obviously is the best game I've played and... Um, to, yeah, to do it on a big stage is unbelievable, and um, yeah, I've, yeah, it was just full credit to my teammates, and mm. I was just getting lucky with the with the uh, pass to play, and I'd uh, end up finish off my work. So to have a listen to Bobby Hill over the weekend, he said he spent that morning watching highlights of Cyril Rioli, I think from 2015, um, who ended up winning mm. the Norm Smith Medal too. Why I'm nominating Bobby Hill for the good stuff is because when he went to receive his premiership medallion. He put his Norm Smith medal underneath his Guernsey. And I really like the symbolism of that. And that's kind of that indication of one in all in for Collingwood to go, okay, mm. I've won an individual award, but we need to celebrate the, the team award right here. I think Dustin Martin did that when he received his Norm Smith too. So I think that was really nice. But also on the flip side, mm. I really liked seeing the Brisbane Lions players stay out on the ground for a really long time during those presentations because what happens normally is once the once the team receives the the cup then the, the away team's basically off the ground by that stage so they yeah. stayed out there whether that was Chris Fagan saying to them watch this and let this sink mm. in to see this burning feeling of um, motivation maybe for next year I'm not sure but I think it was good they stayed out there to to pay their respects to yeah look I think you're right it is it's a great sign of respect and Oh, it was hard work, though, wasn't it? There's was a couple of things that was hard work. One, you know, seeing uh, Dane Zorko, he was, you know, devastated as all the, the Brisbane players were. There's some talk where that may have been his last game for the Brisbane Milestone line, so game for him as well. I think he's 250. Yeah, 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 so we'll see what unfolds there. But then, of course, there was there was also Taylor Adams was out on the ground. John Noble was yeah. out there, you know, those guys. And you could just see there was a couple of big hugs from Darcy Moore and other players who came to him. You could just see, you know, like how broken John Noble in particular looked absolutely shattered. And it's such a, 
I can only imagine it would be such a bittersweet feeling of, yes, we've won and the team's won, but gee whiz, I've missed out on something that is so special after playing such a significant role. So, yeah, it's, it's a, that was really tough watching. It was a tough watch watching a couple of those sort of blokes who missed out. Well, there's no guarantees for next year either. And normally um, we start making predictions a little bit closer to the 24 season starting. But then from that, do you think those two teams go in favourites straight away moving into 2024? Because things change pretty quickly. They do. And when you think about uh, Collingwood, the, you know, like they, whilst they had a dominant season, you know, what did they, what did they win? Probably 18 games or 18 or 19 games. They, they won lots of um, lots of close ones. And even in the finals, it's not like they, you know, you think about Richmond, when Rich, Richmond won a couple of those finals against the Giants, they just blew them out of the water. Or Geelong last year blew Sydney out of the water. And you just thought, wow, this could sort of stretch out here. These, mm. This team is well above everyone else. But... Uh, this, these were three close finals and, and they just got over the line against, you know, like Melbourne and, and GWS. So I don't think, you know, I'm not sure you can say they're absolutely favourites. The, clearly what they've got is this great connection that which will continue on, you would think. But I think what we saw this year was such an even competition and teams can come from outside the eight, like Carlton, like the Giants to make an impact. And I'm hoping... Someone like Adelaide, who who did a lot of groundwork this year and lost a lot of close games, can just graduate, you know, a little bit further and and maybe win a few of those close ones, and they might be able to sort of get close. But I think it's going to be a really even competition because I think Sydney will be good next year. I think Carlton will be good next year, uh, and you've got to think the Giants will be good next year as well as Brisbane and Collingwood. So you know, straight away you get this sense that it's going to be you know a really sort of jam packed sort of top eight with some high-quality teams. So what happens now, Bix? We're talking on the Tuesday morning after the Saturday afternoon grand final. This week, a handful of Collingwood players will be told that their services are no longer required at the club. So they'll go from this fantastic high into a I've just been delisted or I might be put mm. up for trade. Like, it, it happens so quickly. What was it like in your experience when you were playing? Yeah, look, I think generally you get an opportunity to sort of enjoy the week. I think I heard that, that uh, Collingwood's best and fairest is this Friday night, maybe Friday or Saturday night. So I think this period here is you're still in that sort of uh, celebration mode and that sort of lasts or sort of goes through until you have the best and fairest. And after the best and fairest, it's sort of like you, everyone just draws breath and you sort of uh, get the opportunity to decide what you're going to do next. You know, some people sort of pack up and go on holidays. Others sort of are hanging around or, or go and spend time with family or whatever they do. But yeah, this first week, I think you're, <clears throat> you're allowed to sort of celebrate and really enjoy the moment for the next couple of days. Uh, were you the all-nighter type of guy? Or if not, which one of your teammates in 97, 98 was the guy that you knew wasn't going to get any sleep? <laughs> uh, look, I, I think I had a fair crack, particularly the first year. I reckon we went a couple of nights without sort of But a fair crack sleep. for you is maybe 9 p.m. bed. So what's a <laughs> no, fair crack for you? No, no, no. I, the, well, we didn't sleep the first night. I reckon 90% of the team just went straight to the plane and jumped on, got back to Adelaide, then went straight to sort of Wavell Showgrounds uh, and then went out that night till about 5 or 6 in the morning. So it would have been a good, whatever that is, you know, close to... You know, 40 hours without sleeping and playing a game in between. Mm. Um, and then I reckon we had the next day was the Monday, which was your traditional sort of pub crawl day and just with all the players and a bit less everyone else's 
the general public's gone back to work. We sort of just enjoyed ourselves. But by Tuesday, the body starts to sort of really yeah. feel, feel the pinch. So I think I lost my voice by uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Especially so some of those shop. players who are parents now, like Scott Pendlebury and a handful of those guys will need to go home and take care of their kids too. So um, kids are very unforgiving with that kind of stuff. They don't care that you've won the grand final. They just say, yeah. put Peppa Pig on the TV and uh, I need a milk in my dummy straight away. So thank you for that insight. We are in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And it sounds like there's about 15,000 people in Studio Lumo this morning. There are people everywhere. Bix, the Wheat Bix guy who has been a character of the show this morning because <laughs> a guy walked into Studio Lumo and started eating his breakfast behind Mark Bickley. Bix is having a look at what he's eating now. Do you reckon, <laughs> no, when, he's come, do you reckon when he comes in next time, you could just remind him that we are actually on the <laughs> radio and to stop <laughs> playing sound effects and music behind you? No, Everyone's just doing their job here. We're, we're absolutely chock-a-block. Got trade radio going on. We've got the normal SEN breakfast crew in here. It's like I'm just happy to be Is it here awkward for be... you at the moment, though, because you are by, you're locked in a studio with a guy that you have never met before, <laughs> and he's looking going, I'm just trying to work out whether that's – is that Brent Harvey or Simon Goodwin there? I just I – surely it's not Mark Bickley. I don't know. Uh, so He's too young. Wouldn't have any idea. Okay, fantastic. It is 13 minutes past eight. SENSA, good morning. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! It is all happening today in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley uh, is in Melbourne this morning after a big grand final and... To give you an idea of what's happening at 18 minutes past eight, by the way, we're going for 19 degrees today, and we're here thanks to more Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. Mark Bickley is sharing the studio with a guy he had previously never met before, and we have found out during um, the past few moments that his name's Ollie. Is that right, Bix? That's it. Yep, all good. And uh, Ollie is just listening to the radio, but also um, having breakfast and making all of these noises. So in the background this morning, if you've heard things like this while Bix is talking... That's um, that's that's Ollie, just moving stuff around and talking on the phone. <laughs> um, we got a text in on zero four two seven one five four one double six Bix because uh, overnight yes. the storms in Adelaide were crazy. Thunder, lightning. For those of you who are commuting to the city via Port Road today, just be safe because there there are trees out, uprooted everywhere. Bix, we got a text. Um, yeah, this one's from Josh at Aldinga Beach. He says, Walshy, uh, you should give some of those lemons to old mate doing the traffic. He can mix it with some honey to try and help his voice. Our traffic guy has now got a reputation of having a bad, like a, a bad throat condition at the moment. Yeah. So oh, um, we also it's got a text funny. in Jason who says, Nicks and Walshy, what did the South Australian clubs need to improve? Uh, firstly, Port Adelaide and then the Adelaide Crows. What do you think? Um, well, I, I think that. Port Adelaide, they're, they're pretty much um, ruck defence. That's the two areas that they were looking at. So Jordan Sweet is already committed to uh, to Port Adelaide. That's the club he wants to be traded to, similar with Zerk Thatcher and Asava Radigalia. I think they did a lot of their work last year and spent a lot of their tickets with uh, Jason Horn francis yep. that sort of midfield sort of power. Uh, they also got Willie Rioli last year, who's sort of 
sort of that small forward type. So I think that's probably where they're at, and that's all they've got the capabilities of doing. And still got lots of work to be able to do that. Adelaide are slightly different. I, I just feel like Adelaide need a couple of things. They need some midfield class. Like Jordan Dawson is is class through the midfield. I just feel like they need another player who can really use the ball. The other one is speed. I just feel like they just need some more speed. On the weekend, there, there, there were a couple of times when players took your breath away. It was Charlie Cameron. It was uh, Bobby Hill speed. It was Bo McCreary who takes off and runs. And, and they're the type of players that can break games open. I just feel like Adelaide lacked that. And for me, um, and it's interesting when we heard Tom Morris talk about uh, Mabwa Chol and how he is Who, one sorry? of the... M- Mabwa? Mabio. Mabiol? Yeah, not Mabwa. Ma- okay. Mabiol, Chol. Anyway, um, he plays, I think he's a better ruckman than what Elliot Himmelberg is. Yeah. And and I feel like Adelaide are really thin in the ruck brigade in terms of uh, Riley O'Brien and and also Kieran Strawn. They're both He played 28. well in the VFL grand final mm. as well, Chol. He was outstanding for the Suns. Yeah, but but he's also, um, I think he could, you know, I think he needs some work with his fitness base, mm. but he could graduate into a really good ruckman. Yep. I'm worried about Riley O'Brien and, and Kieran Strong because they're both the same age. So I think they turn 29 next year. In a year's time, who, who's the next lead ruck for Adelaide? I know some people will say maybe it's Riley Thilthorpe, but, you know, still have designs on him being their number one sort of key forward when Taylor Walker leaves so, I don't know. I, just, I would like to think that they could get a young Ruckman somewhere who's a sort of a project player. Thank you, Jason. Hopefully that answers your question. Um, uh, when we come back, we need to talk about Jimmy Butler's hair. So, he's a player for the Miami Heat. They've had their media day today. Have a look at our X or Twitter account at 1629 SENSA. It's different to say the least. Callum has sent a text about it. We'll read it out and also wrap up the show too. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Montaigne Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. Been a big show today. If you missed Tom Morris, uh, you can have a listen to our podcast um, we also did On The Mark. You can have a listen to that. Quick picks tomorrow, Mark Bickley. And when, when are you deciding to come back to Adelaide? Are you come back at any stage? I'll be back on Thursday, mate. So oh, really? don't worry about that. That'd be all good. Mm. So one more day out of the Melbourne studio? Yes, that's correct. You and Ollie in the background, just uh, <laughs> making as much noise as possible. Bad. It's not that bad. What's on for the rest of the day? Honestly, don't know. I haven't thought about that. Um just taking in the sights of Melbourne. We'll do, find something, perhaps. There's a Go lot to, to do around Melbourne, which is good. Uh, the weather today in Adelaide is not so good. Those showers and a top of 19 degrees. A beautiful long weekend, but today not so much. Yeah, and I think we're expecting a bit of that over here. About uh, 25 mil of rain, I think, in Melbourne today. Okay. Not unusual. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we are going to be joined by Tom Morris once again because as Trade Radio is on as we speak right now, um, that will certainly start to build up with a free agency. And to watch this space on Tom Duday, potentially on Friday, he might make an announcement. Who knows? We are waiting to see what happens there. We are also going to head to the Adelaide 36ers tomorrow and speak to Trey Kell, who was pretty good on the weekend for the Sixers, but they have a really tough road trip coming up against the Kings and the Wildcats before coming back home on the 14th of October. Um, all of the summer sport starting to kick back in, Mark Bickley. 
Yeah, can't wait. Redbacks are going to uh, be kicking off soon too. Playing a game at... Uh, their Cowan shield Walton. season starts today. So we're yeah, dropping pitches for the first time in there as well. I saw a today. video of that last night too. It was very interesting to see how they did that. Um, Bix, it's been a pleasure joining you and Ollie here today. So uh, we will catch you tomorrow morning. Thanks for your texts, your calls. And, mate, just be safe over in Victoria, okay? They don't like South Australians very much, so you be careful. <laughs> nah, we're all good. We'll see you then. Catch you tomorrow.